I've used these things before. <laughs> that's right. I should have told you. <laughs> it's my first time ever that's using right. these. Right, that's good. All right, well, everybody yeah. act right. Uh, right. spontaneous. More. At least we yeah. don't have the moving Now it's recording. Welcome to Life List, a birding podcast. Well, welcome, welcome, everybody. I am George Armstead here, and I am in the city of Cali. We have a very special, special edition of Life List, a birding podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Molly Brown, but also with Nate Swick of the ABA podcast. Podcast crossover event of the season. Of the year, of the century, (laughs) because we also have Chris Bell from The Birder Show. What's going on, guys? Good to be here. Yeah, it's fantastic to be in, uh, in Cali. And uh, looking at some birds, getting excited to see some more birds. Yeah. This is a new part of the country for me, so yeah. Western yeah. Andes. Cool. Western Andes. A little taste of the Choco. Occidental. This is you guys, both of your first times in Cali, haven't you? It right? is. Yes, yeah. that's right. Yep. Okay, so have you been in the kind of the Choco like, biogeographic no. zone before? In I have Panama, or Ecuador? Only, I've been to Panama. Okay. And um, I've only, in Colombia, only been in the Central Andes. Oh, so you're in for a, a whole load of very exciting. Yeah, yeah that's I'm right. actually in a very similar position. Yeah. So yeah, and yeah. we I just pulled in a couple hours ago. We're just getting started here. Yep, awesome. Nice. This is my like I think third visit to Cali in the last few months. But <laughs> I, I mean, how are you not going to come to Cali all the time if you live in Colombia? Yeah, yeah. Really. yeah. It's, an, it's what it's a 400 year old city, and it's like you got the Choco right nearby. You got uh, the, the Western Andes here, both slopes, the Cauca Valley, Cauca Valley Dry Forest. Yeah. yeah, and this actually, Chris, this is the first time I've been back since right after I met you for the first time in Bogota for the ABA event that we mm. did. Oh, yeah, a few um, years what ago. Was it 2018? I think it was. Yeah, and we were in Bogota, so. and then we flew here after. And I haven't been back here since then. Has it been that long? Um, yeah. So, wow. you know, I've been to Colombia since, but not back yeah, to Colombia. Because yeah. we it's went to Pre pandemic, which feels like ancient history. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. Pre pandemic might as well have been like, you know, there might have been. Might as well have been the birth of, birth of Kali 500 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's awesome to be here. And just to kind of like, like you're going to be, as you listen, you're probably hearing quite a bit of ambient noise. Um, you know, we're right just at the edge of the main bird fair area. There's tents all over the place. There's a bear for Stivus that's. Oh yeah, a couple of I need to put that on the list. Yeah, and uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of birds around. There's a lot of birders around. There's a lot of exhibits, and uh, we just had an agouti running around a few minutes ago. And as we're in a zoo, we were sort of debating whether or not that was a wild animal or whether a zookeeper was (laughs) run past with a big butterfly net. (laughs) Right? Have you seen an agouti? Yeah, so it's quite a scene, pretty exciting place to be, and this is really the first day as we were discussing a, a bird fair. We've got uh, a lot coming up in the coming days. Um, yeah, what uh, what are you looking forward to, Chris, here in the next couple of days at Bird Fair? I mean, for me, these events are a great opportunity to catch up with people from all over Colombia who you know are friends that I birded with all over the place, um, hang out, uh, catch up, do some birding together. That's always really nice. And also, I mean, the places we're going. I mean. We're going to the kilometer or the Siocho kilometer 18. We're going to Sonso Lagoon and Alto Chicaya, Doniadora's place. Not to play favorites, but Doniadora's place is one of my favorite places on earth. Not Pretty just tough for birding. To oh, that, I, everything the about that. Place. Are, are the cheese empanadas, yeah. the family, <laughs> yeah. the nicest people you could hope to spend time with. The most incredible location. And you, you, when you go there, you don't believe it. I mean, it's hard to put into. These are garden birds, right? Like we just did a video on the show. It's like the mm. best. Back, we called it the best backyard birding in the world. But when I say backyard, I mean real backyard, not like people who live. 
next to the jungle, but like this is their garden, their yeah. actual garden, with toucan barbets popping their heads into the kitchen. I mean, ridiculous. It doesn't get much better. Yeah, I can't wait for that. I, we were talking before. I've been to Antiquia a couple times before, but the first time I went, we saw zero toucan barbets. The, the second time, we saw like one kind of in the distance, and it's quite a different show there now. I gather with those birds, at least half a dozen now hanging out at all Unreal. times. I think at least one or two active nests in in the garden itself. And because they're cooperative breeders, the, the previous generations hang around and help raise mm. the next generation of young. So there's always sort of half a dozen hanging out, preening. I mean, like I said, I mean, I think we're probably one or two generations away from arriving and finding Donia Dora with one on her shoulder like an <laughs> old-school pirate with a parrot. You know? it's, 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 it's like that. I mean, she. some of them are almost like pets. There's a, there's a is it black-headed brushfinch, I think, that is, is, is like her little puppy in the garden. Mm-hmm. It comes out when she's there. It's crazy. That's amazing. How do you how do you not love a bird that is named after another bird too? Yeah, really. And it's like what one of two species in that family. Tooth, yeah. tooth yeah. billed barbet being the only, only other toucan barbet, you know, so to speak. That's what they, you know, I forget what the uh, the family name is offhand, but I guess by the English names they call them toucan barbets collectively. Ramphastinus. Yeah. Okay, that sounds right. Oh, no, no, so, no, no, that, it's, uh, that, no, it's sem, sem, Semnornis. Semnornis Ramfastinus. Yeah, they're yeah. like the midway point between the barbets and the, the true barbets, I guess, neotropical yeah. barbets, and toucans themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So, toucan barbets, perfect name. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> and, and they look they look the part, you know, super colorful and crazy bill. Um, so, yeah, no, that's going to be awesome. What, what about I, you guys? Where are you, where are you looking forward to going? Mm, well, I, as we were saying, these are all new birds for me over mm-hmm. this way too despite this being my second trip to Colombia so I don't know I, I think it's hard to pick a favorite but I, I'm so excited it's just I mean that's what's really cool about this place you can go to so many different locations that are really close together and see totally different specialties yeah. Yeah. so yeah hard to pick a favorite there yeah I'm very much just along for the ride for the most part um, you know even the bird industry you know sometimes these trips kind of come together very quickly mm-hmm. and this one was one of those for me and uh, I didn't have a ton of time to plan uh, and so I'm just here here for here for a good time honestly it's, it's a fun a way to time. do it yeah it's, a really it's, fun way to do it. it's nice when you don't have any real expectations going into a truck right yeah you can just yeah. kind of let what happens happen. yeah whatever what all, all the birds are going to be good birds yeah. So. yeah exactly that's fantastic yeah I I'm psyched actually as much as anything for a new site for me I've never been to Sunset before you never been no yeah so okay. we actually when we did that ABA event here years ago um, I did kilometer 18 a bunch and um, and and that was fantastic but I didn't make it to sunset so looking forward to seeing that I gather there's a screamer there that is seen on rare occasions horn screamer, horn screamer, yeah, like, screamer yeah. I'm not sure it's that rare occasions anymore yeah. I think the local guides have kind of figured out roughly where where that bird hangs out. Okay. That, that seems a, a very uh, very common story among <laughs> Colombian birders. Like, oh, this bird used to be very difficult, and now it is, you know, eating worms at the front. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah. true. Exactly. <laughs> it's, I think it's a lot of it incredible. is. It's just the, the it's incredible. Look, I've been here for ten years, and I remember coming to these events seven eight years ago, and you, mm. there weren't that many people. And a lot of it is just more observers, right? Yeah. More oh birders yeah. For sure. More records. So you've got. Like, I was just talking to some people from Arauca, the region on the Venezuela border, who've got a new site for the helmeted curassow. Mm-hmm. You know, like a bird that was completely mythical in Colombia until six months ago. That's and now <laughs> there's a site for it. Yeah. Probably straight away someone else will, oh, I've got that bird in, in my back. You know, yeah, exactly. Start the word gets out. On yeah. social media and the word gets out. It's, uh, yeah. And no, Sonso, you'll love Sonso. Yeah. Wear bug spray. Yeah. <laughs> I understand it can be <laughs> no, and a little bit. Yeah, it's quite funny. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of mythical birds, one of the coolest things I think that I've gotten to do in my month or so here, I've been in Colombia basically a month now. 
Um, and, uh, and, and just last week, Molly and I, with the Lifeless Gang here, the group that uh, we've been birding with around the Central Andes and now here in the Western Andes in Cali, we got to experience the, uh, the Ant Pitta show there at Rio really Blanco. And then also at Hacienda del Bosque. So we saw, what, yeah. six antipodas in two days or something? Yeah. Which if yep. you told, like, imagine saying that to somebody like 10 years ago that you were going to see, yeah. see six yeah. species yeah. of antipodas. Like, are you a two, wizard? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, are you a sorcerer? How do you, how do you conjure these things? But yeah, no, I mean, it was it was a hell of a show. And a bird that I, that, like, I have always wanted to see. I used to work with uh, Robert S. Ridgely, you know, the wrote the birds of South America. And I would, uh, as a young you know, young guy working there, I would go and pester him all the time and just have, try to chat him up. And I remember he came back from a trip to Ecuador with like a film photo of a crested antpitta <laughs> and he couldn't stop, a crescent-faced antpitta. Mm-hmm. And he just couldn't stop. Usually it was me going in there, chatting him up. When I go in there, he's showing me this photo and he was gushing about it. You know, this is like a ghost bird that, you know, like nobody sees, that didn't exist. You know, and, he, and here he has a photo, like probably one of the first ever film photos of this thing. And I remember being like, boy, that thing looks pretty handsome it's a and nice real, thing. real cute yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. those growlericulas. And uh, so so I, I came here, you know, the first time I came here, 2016, they had just started feeding this thing. and But they we couldn't go in for you know, a variety of reasons um, that I won't bore people with. But then the second time we were to go here, um, but that I was to go see those birds and try to see them, the... They just weren't there. Something happened. They think that maybe like an ocelot got one of them or like the equatorial <laughs> ampitas came in and pushed them out and kicked them out of their territory. Uh, so we totally dipped on them. And so this time we get there and they're actually sitting there before <laughs> the ampitta whisperer is there waiting to be fed. Unreal. Yeah. Waiting to be fed. We just got there. We couldn't believe it. Well, we kind of had our group that, like yeah. winding down the path and then you start hearing like the whispers come up. Like, they're here, they're here. And, we, and then they, they're just hanging out. They weren't going anywhere. They, yeah. they were waiting. Yeah. It was pretty wild to just see these things. Just You're lucky as well because it's, it's much more regular, but, that, but you know, they don't show up every single day. So, mm. you know, to get them waiting there for you is... I couldn't believe it. Yeah, look over the edge, and there's just two of them sitting right there. Now, was that your favorite part of that experience? Uh, The the naming of these anthidas is a lot of fun, and these two were named Looney and George. (laughs) (laughs) And they were calling them George Looney, collectively. Uh, George Looney, that's funny. Yeah, that's very good. So, but like we were sitting there, and they, the, the guy, the ant pitta whispers, just starts calling out, "George, George!" And, we're, and, and I'm looking around, like, what? And, you know, so yeah, that was pretty awesome. But yeah, it's it's pretty wild, to, you know. See these ant pittas now, you know, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, whatever. Like they were just ghosts of the forests, and now, literally, they're they're taking worms out of people's hands. Yeah. Do you feel like it minimizes the experience at all? to see them in that sort of very I, I, it's it's a I, I'll, I'll spill my opinion on this I don't think it does because these are fantastic birds and you want to be able to see them but uh, it is it is a little weird sometimes walking up and having them come out to you like they're little pets yeah. we just talked about this on the bus ride over here yeah. actually our group was talking about it yeah yeah it was it's like I think we, we all kind of see all sides of it right which mm-hmm. is like in some ways, it feels a little manipulated or unnatural. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but at the same time, it's like utterly wondrous, right? Like you're, <laughs> at the same time, you're looking at a crescent-based yeah, antenna. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> that reality know, is there too. Yeah, they call them eggs with legs, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden, these things come <laughs> bounding up to you, and you're just like, what? You know, like, and, and it's and the, one of the people on our trip, Meryl, she she described the, the experience with the chestnut crown antennas. She said they look so earnest, you know, which I, <laughs> which I thought was such a great adjective for that. Um, and they do. There was we had three chestnut crowned ant pittas, yeah. um, mm-hmm. and they each kind of have different personalities as well. Yeah, I think the feeding thing. I mean, again, having seen it grow, because I mean, it's in the time that I've lived here, I've, it's gone from Rio Blanco be basically the only place that fed ant pittas to a dozen places at least around Colombia. Where I would say there's probably at least half, at least a dozen species of ant pitta currently being fed. I mean. In Wheeler Department, they just successfully fed hooded ant for, the, for the first time. Yeah, like a uh, mythical bird again. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> yeah, that bird is yeah, now coming yeah. to feed us. But I mean, the, the the thing that I think you've got to think about is how it outweighs how you weigh up the sort of the feeding element, the slightly kind of plastic element that you were talking mm-hmm. about with the conservation impact that it can have. Because yeah. a lot of these reserves only exist because somebody saw someone else feeding ant and thought, well, okay, well that bird is calling in my in my bit of forest. Maybe if I feed it, I can mm-hmm. get tourists to come here. And, you know, okay, two or three individual birds become a little bit habituated. But, you know, these places wouldn't be protected if it weren't for yeah. the feeding yeah. the antpitters. Precisely, and, yeah. Know, it's A lot of people also inspired them to become birders because I think giving people close views and connections with birds is often the way to spark a, for sure. interest. Them Especially a, a, a bird as charismatic as any of those antpitters. Exactly, yeah. 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 Nate, I forget what the ABA has, like a certificate of appreciation or maybe an award that they gave to Angel Paz some years ago. Yeah, and, I believe he was that's kind of, right. He's the one that kicked it off in Ecuador. And I think, you know, there's people I know in Colombia right around the same time that we're starting. Yeah, I was going to say, here. Diego Calderon will tell you that the Colombia started it before Ecuador. But <laughs> yeah, is that Angel right? Paz was definitely the first one that that I heard. Yeah, me too. People doing yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. He was he was certainly on everybody's radar, I think faster than 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 some. But it helped that he had like the giant ant pitta, which was sort of uh the ant pitta. Right. The ant ant pitta. Yeah. If that's, <laughs> yeah we're, we're still waiting on that one in Colombia. Yeah. It's out there. It's out there. It's out there. We'll get it. Yeah. All in good time. It yeah. seems like Colombians, you guys you steal everybody else's endemics. Well Diego's you know. been stealing Panama endemics the halfway down the Choco Pacific coast. I know. Yeah. He's yeah. in very targeted fashion as well. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. a mercenary. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. He got Pide Pide Clovis Pingus. Oh wow. From uh, from Panama. So uh, oh, yeah. Man. yeah. Yeah, nothing is safe. Nothing <laughs> is safe nothing. with that guy. So. Yeah. Although uh, I was in Panama last fall and Carlos I was I asked Carlos about that, Carlos Betancourt of the Canopy family. And he said that He's got people down in uh, Darien stealing Colombian endemics too. So. <laughs> They're working just as hard as we are. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So literally nothing is safe. Yeah. Ecuador have lost a fair few since since Tumaco opened up to to burden mm-hmm. the, the little bit of the Colombian Pacific right on the coast there. A few of those kind of Tumbes region endemics are now kind of creeping up into yeah. into Colombia. Yeah, parrots going over. Yeah, but I think yeah, you know. Endemics, well, it's the cliche, but birds don't don't care about borders, right? So right. we should really, like, it's nice to... Yeah, they to don't know about our politics, which is one of the beautiful things about them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do think your point, like, I forget who said that, but you, you like, you can't protect it if, like, people can't see it, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I think that's the bottom line with these amphitas is, like, you know, seeing them is such a special thing. It's like, I mean, people, if you can see them, like, some of the videos, somebody shot one of the yeah. videos in our group, I forget who it was, and you can just hear the voices of people and the gas. The gas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that gas. I mean, it really is. Six like, times over, by the way. It didn't get old with the six species no. of ant pitta for anybody nope. in our group. <laughs> yeah, not even a little. Yeah. 
and it, it, and it was fun too. Like the equatorial anklet has such a different personality than the chestnut crowns yeah. and the mm-hmm. crescent face. Like all of them really behave differently. Yeah. Did you get the slate crowned on it or at El Colo? Yeah, Rio Blanco. Yeah, oh, yeah, they have a real Blanco too. Before lunch. Did it do the little dance? <laughs> Did yeah, it do the little wiggle. The little wiggle. Yeah. Little wiggle. Yeah. Now there's now there's one here, right? That's a gralaricula. That's a, a tororoi, as they call them. Bailador, salsita. Right? salsita, salsita, salsita. The perfect without a name. Yeah. Apart from salsita, but no, it's uh, the new species of, of gralaricula for science. It's discovered in Farallones de Cali National Park. I mean, no distance from where we are right now, which is one of the things that's incredible about Colombia. You can think that right on the border of a major city, there's a new, a brand new species for science has just been sitting there since what was discovered I think 2017 yeah mm-hmm. like and originally by mistake I think it was labelled as a juvenile of something that was discovered through somebody sifting through a museum it like looks kind of like Peruvian as I recall very similar I think yeah. originally there was a question of whether it was Peruvian whether it was a new species but yeah, yeah. new species pretty uh, wild yeah mm-hmm. crazy man I, just one more point on the ant pitta thing I, it, it does remind me of some other strategies that have worked well for other other animals too when you think mountain gorillas in Uganda, mm-hmm. the whole idea is that there's a there are a handful of these troops that people can go to and visit that are habituated, and that protects the whole dozens of them yeah. that are deep in the forest that no one is going to go to see at all exactly. or can go see. And you know, you've got these two or three birds that are doing doing the heavy lifting for the conservation of that species in that area. Yeah, and, um, and they're living pretty fast. They're doing all right. <laughs> they're doing all right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they're like, they're serving as advocates for this huge audience, and then they're also creating local tourism, no which is in turn no helping doubt. the conservation efforts. So. I think that's one of the things that is amazing about Colombia is just that this the organic growth of this kind of local birding community that's very yeah. similar to the thing that we're familiar with in the U.S. and Canada and the U.K. and Europe as well. Mm-hmm. Like, there are Colombians who are not in the birding industry, who, are not, who don't work in birding, who are birders in the way that we think about birders and just to see that 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 feels very unique in latin america and just to see that manifest in these new species that are being discovered and these new places that are being discovered is uh really fascinating i i I just think they're doing such great work here building that community building young people pulling young people into that community and finding all the million ways that people can be birders and effective conservationists through birding um, it's been neat to see. That's one of the great things about this bird fair is that that's front and center. That's yeah. like what yeah. they're promoting. Yeah. You and Chris were kind of talking earlier before we started recording about how you've, you've, we've in, in our little time here, we've already seen generations of young birds yeah. become guides. And, yeah. you know, even, even Roger, who's a veteran guide, I, I yeah. remember him. You know, he looked like he was about 15 the first time I he met him. He still looks like he's about 15. <laughs> Did I ever tell you the, the first time I ever went birding with Roger? No. We went to Caquetá department in the kind of where the Andes and the Amazon meet in, the, in South Colombia together. We won like a, they call them a fam trip here, like a, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a fam trip. And um, we went to this, this weird restaurant on the edge of the town where there's a zip line. And I went down the zip line first, kind of rickety, slightly dodgy <laughs> zip line. We went down the zip line. And the zip line, when it went down, makes this obviously this kind of high-pitched, streaking, whistling noise, right? And I didn't know this at the time because I was obviously 200 meters away on the zip line. But apparently the moment I went down the zip line, that shrieking noise attracted a huge swarm of bees from under the thing oh who God. proceeded to sting Roger on every bit of his face. <laughs> and I didn't know this. So when I came back up the hill, Roger had gone from being a sort of fresh-faced young man to being quasi-modo. <laughs> so covered in bulges, feeling very sorry for himself, understandably. And yeah, that was one of the first times we ever had He must here. have a talent for that because we did a weekend in Erida and we were looking for those capuchin birds yeah, yeah, yeah. and we twice went off trail and we twice got into a nest of hornets yeah well, he got nailed <laughs> by those nocturnal hornets which are 
apparently particularly painful. I managed to. Avoid well, he would those. know. He's a connoisseur. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, like, that's a great. That's great marketing. Yeah. Like, I will take the hit, so you don't have to if you come yeah. on a come on a trip with me. Yeah. Roger Rodriguez, expert at <laughs> expert hornets and wasps. Yeah, really? expert wow. pain Not just a good bird guide. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of incredible that we both have a Roger hornet. <laughs> but speaking of what you were saying about, one of the things I love about coming to these events as well is that there are young kids here. And we talked about this earlier. Is that you know, the, the thing I love about these common bird fairs is just the wide profile of people who are here. Mm-hmm. You've got really young kids up to older people, everyone, everyone in between. So, I'm, you know, sometimes like I'm, I'm mid-30s and I feel old, which is an unusual experience, I think, in birding, to be one of the older people <laughs> yeah. in your mid-30s. But there's loads of young people here. And the cool thing is a lot of them are young people that I remember meeting, like you said, with Roger, seven or eight years ago at these events. When they were t- and I look at them now, and they're, you know, these kids who were eight, nine when I met them, who are now, you know, 15, 16 years old, they're young adults. Taking people around, and they're yeah, making big contributions. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. It's really, like, like you said, one of the things I, I love about Columbia is that the birding scene here doesn't just exist to serve an international Tourists. market. Yeah. There's yeah. so much Absolutely. of an organic native birding scene. Mm-hmm. And it's so much fun as well, like birding with yeah. people just, you know, they call it here the parche, the kind of like the, the, the hang. Yeah, like a bird yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang, you know, yeah. rather than just you know, client yeah. and. And I think yes. one of your points before Nate too is that that's one of the things that's exciting, not just for now, but when you think 10, 20 years down they're, the road. They're taking the long view here, yeah. and and that is, and like it's there's nothing wrong with you know just promoting ecotourism in your country. Though obviously a lot of places have done that and done a great job with it, and it's been very productive for conservation as well. But you know these kids I, I was at the event this morning here at the bird fair where they gave these awards to these young people who participated in this uh, is sort of a contest but um you know they're all doing things with birding they made these really little videos and so many of them were just so passionate and authentic in their in their interest in birds and um you know that that stuff pays off and not in not in next year not two years maybe not even in five years 10 years down the line 15 years down the line 20 years down the line these are going to be the leaders of a of a birding community in all the different facets of the birding community, from conservationists to scientists to birding guides to just hobby birders, like that's that's huge. Yeah, that's huge. That's what we've seen in the United States and Canada, um, and to see it happening here um, organically and you know quickly yeah. is is really really inspiring. Yeah, it's powerful, and especially when you consider how much is at stake in terms of conservation for sure and how yeah. much like we were talking before the instability in a you know preceded the, the the last decade or so in a way helped actually ensure that certain parts were not developed yeah you know big certain big tracts of land um and we all hope and pray that you know going forward that these areas will be conserved and you know with a growing um youthful birding population you know it seems like the possibilities are endless you're making mm-hmm. advocates that are going to be able to get into these places and, and spread this message before the resource extraction people get in there because they're going to be moving into these opening places too yeah and you know it just it just feels like it feels like a real it, interesting thing happening yeah. and, uh, well even now I mean like the, the, the contest that you were talking about Guardian de las Aves exactly. which happens every year where they sort of pick 10 young people the theme the videos you were talking about I think mm-hmm. this year's theme was why we shouldn't keep birds in cages well, that would explain wow. a lot huge, of, my Spanish is too poor yeah. to figure that out but there was there was definitely a theme <laughs> but it's a huge industry particularly on the Caribbean coast you've got for yeah. a lot of you've been to like Guajiri but mm-hmm. then you sadly see things like you know, Vermilion Cardinals in cages it's a big industry up there and that can have even a micro effect now because if you've got the young kids asking their parents 
yeah. you know, mom, dad, why do you have this bird in the cage? You know, I love the bird, let them go. It, it might not seem like much, but that has a kind of rolling effect of, you know, influencing the parents as well, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. to, to, to do something different. Yeah. yeah. Actually speaking, what we looking over here, we've got uh, Alexa from, from Pajareritos, which is a great example of one of these young clubs you're talking about. They've brought like 10 young kids by bus yesterday all day driving from wheeler yeah. department they're from all over all over all these over. kids yeah and, yeah and all ages like five six year olds up to sort of and 16, some of them 17. are just so poised and professional like in front of a camera on the mic you, you can see how that translates into advocacy for these mm-hmm. for where mm-hmm. they are and um and then the uh, the older ones graduate to be mentors to the younger ones and it's just this constant cycling of, of young people who are doing good work for birds and it's it's uh, it's fan- it's fantastic it's fascinating it's so cool to see these organizations and events that are set up to inspire kids like yeah. that. It's just such a like positive take. It's not based in competitiveness. It's based in like inspiration and passion. It's mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah, an authentic passion. It's true. Yeah. Um, so one thing I wanted to ask you, Chris, if we kind of turn our shift like away away from birders to birding locations. Okay. Um, if you know, we've we've uh, all of us now spent some time in the Central Andes, um, and I think you know the, the Santa Martos is a well-known area. Those are people often ask me if they're gonna you know because Colombia is so tough to take apart and figure out where to go because it's mm-hmm. such a biodiverse place. And um, often I think a lot of folks start either in the Central Andes or in the Santa Martos. If you were gonna like kind of push another area. Um, what do you what suggest someplace else to folks? Um, maybe okay. other maybe other than Cali and the Western. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I would say. I mean, my favorite department state in Colombia is Casanare, which is in the eastern plains, the Llanos Orientales. Um, I think that area, in pure ecotourism terms, not just birding but nature tourism in general, is to you know to use a cliche, one of the kind of hidden gems of not just Colombia but South America. That area has vast potential for. I mean, that's the place where you can go and see you know giant anteater, anaconda, giant otter. I've seen a puma there. Sometimes jaguar. Jaguar increasingly mm. in in Hato La Aurora, one of the reserves there. And you know, again, as we say, as people keep visiting these areas and keep recording more and more stuffs getting reported. Incredible bird. I mean, one of the best areas in Colombia. See zigzag heron, tricky bird, but jabiroos everywhere. Huge numbers of whistling ducks, ibis. I mean, all six Colombian ibis species in a day. All five uh, Colombian resident uh, four Colombian resident kingfisher species in the day um, wood storks and habaroos wood storks and habaroos whistling ducks everywhere and in quite a unique culture one of the kind of pure kind of cowboy cultures of, yeah. of Latin hmm. American music completely unique completely different food um, no, for me one of the, the, the great areas of Colombia particularly the reserve called uh, Alta Gracia Mm-hmm. Uh, Lagunaso, they call it sometimes as well. That area is the, I think, 25, 30% of the global population of Orinoco bees. So you go there and you literally see, you don't even really call, I don't even want to call them flocks, they're more like herds. <laughs> herds of Orinoco geese on the plane. Literally 2,000 Orinoco geese together in one, in one yeah. flock herd thing. Unbelievable. Yeah, that place is special. Yeah, I would like to get there. I, Molly and I were talking just a couple days ago about the Llanos and how, like, it, we feel like it's sort of like you say it's it's almost like a safari that you can do in South America yeah. it almost yeah. reminds you of the Pantanal seasonal floodplain mm-hmm. gallery forest and uh, yeah there's a lot to to sink your teeth into there I love that answer because it's so different than what I think most people are picturing when you're talking about Colombian yeah. birding yeah. as well no I think that's one of the things that can, it, that still surprises me after 10 years in Colombia is how 
I think when you grow up somewhere like England, you, it's sometimes hard to just wrap your head around how incredibly biodiverse a place can be <laughs> because you know we have a lot of nature and stuff. But you come here and it's just so incredibly abundant. Another place I would I would call out would be the the southern Andean Amazon foothills in Putumayo, Caquetá region. That area, I mean, particularly a lodge called La Isla Escondida in Orito in Putumayo, which for me is one of the best bird lodges in Colombia right now. Hmm. Eight, nine hundred meters above sea level. Foothill, jungle, Amazon Andean, two massive observation towers up 75 feet up in the trees. Don't they have like little cabins even that you can, you can like sleep up in the tree? Yeah, you can stay up yeah. in the tree. Yeah. Yeah. You can sleep 25 meters up, 75 feet up in, in the, the canopy of this massive tree. Hope you don't Paradise sleep well. Paradise coming <laughs> <up>. yeah. <laughs> But no, it's, uh, that place is, is something special. Uh, that's a, a, a Belgian guy called uh, Jürgen Beckers who yeah. wrote the original mm-hmm. Where to Watch Birds in Colombia style book with Pablo mm-hmm. Flores. They uh, He opened that place and uh, what he's done there is, is incredible. I mean, you're in the middle of the jungle. I, I spent Christmas there once, and he's an engineer, so his kind of ability to kind of build structures and stuff is kind of is great. And uh, I remember having a video call with my parents in the middle of the jungle on Christmas Day. He's managed to get sort of Wi-Fi in vegan or vegan menu. It, you know, it really is a, spe- it's a special place. And the birding there is, is something else. That's so like yeah. um, the ant birds, the uh, bushmaster. That's the place in Columbia to go for a bushmaster. Oh wow! Yeah. I'm not seeing it. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Take your Thomas second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. what I would love to see in the right circumstances. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's one that can go very wrong. Yeah. I don't think we've talked about the drinks yet. Oh, oh yeah, that yeah. was on the aborted yeah. version. Of yeah. the podcast. I, I forgot to press record. Yeah, well, we also and we also have been dragging those huge that's signs right. by initially. Yeah, the timing was. So we, yeah, were, yeah, we were drinking Chris, quite tell heavily. Us, tell us about what we're drinking here a little bit. So like I said in the earlier version, we're officially drinking kombucha, but we've spiked it with uh, biche, which is a Colombian uh, Pacific region liquor, traditional kind of sugarcane distillate with herbal kind of touches from the Pacific coast. Uh, it was illegal until a couple of years ago. Now it's, uh, there was a, a biche law passed in 2021 that allows, uh, it, only can be, it can only be commercialized by uh, Afro-Colombian communities in the Pacific coast region. And we've also got tomaseca, which is biche based, but is mixed with something like 40 different herbs which supposedly has curative properties and apparently some scientific studies on it have found that actually yeah it does have a positive impact on the snake bite, which is so, so if you get that. nailed by one of those bushmasters bush yeah. drink a drink a fifth of it very so fast what do you rub it on i don't know what, like how do you apply it i think maybe fair delance i think it might be the ceiling yeah, yeah. Sure bushmaster yeah, it might be the top end we can check it out there's some poison frogs here too oh very good yeah we'll start touch everything and then next wow so biche and what's this one again tomaseca tomaseca which is a biche sort of spiced Beaches. 40 odd herbs mixed in with it. Yeah, it's yeah. like a K- KFC, all the kernels of <laughs> spices. <laughs> yeah, well, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, not only can you find great bird guides in Colombia, you can find some pretty good drinking guides as well. And, yeah. and, and look no further than Chris Bell. The, one of the coolest things about having been in Colombia over the last 10 years is that it's not, I mean, what we're talking about with birding having exploded and bird culture is the same for everything gastronomy, uh, yeah. everything down to things like craft beer in Bogota went mm. from like one niche pub to 50. You know, the Bogota's gastronomy, gastronomy scene, Medellin's catching up, Cali too is, is exploding. Like all of the kind of niche hobbies that you can think about, all of them at the same time yeah. are kind of blowing up because yeah, suddenly can... Colombia is, you've got a lot of young people coming back, a lot yeah. of like people whose families left, you know, a few years ago when you know, things were really bad here and now coming back, a lot of people have now, you know, 
Colombians can now travel visa-free to a lot more places. People are exploring not just their own country, but they're exploring other places. That's one of the cool things about tourism in Colombia in general is that it's rare to be in a country where national tourism and international tourism are exploding at the same time. Mm. Right? That's what yeah. I was going to say, you know, it does feel like since the conflict that it's an, always an opportunity for the country to kind of be at square one on a lot of these things and kind of build this society, this culture, this tourism economy from basically like bare bones scratch. And they're, they're, they seem to be, and this is just me, outsider, looking in, doing a, a really good job of it, thinking long term, thinking how, how are we going to make this last, not just for uh, external tourism, but um, Colombians as well. Mm-hmm. And um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's a unique situation for sure. You see the buy-in at every level, especially Absolutely. at a place like this, and then just out birding in, anywhere in the country and staying at the lodges and going to the popular sites. You see it clear down to the local community being out there and just enjoying the birds. It's yeah, a, you, you, you gave your talk earlier. We There's another yeah. part of the <laughs> conversation. Yeah, right. yeah. But I mean, this is a, you know, you've got a lot of people, you give a talk about marketing, right? Yeah. Yeah, you've got a lot of people that are very receptive to that message right yeah now. when i walked in here to set up for the talk which is yeah marketing strategies for birding and conservation organizations um they they came up and said that there were groups of young people who came in and they're coming to my talk and i was like <laughs> why are they coming to a marketing talk and he said no they're interested and they're passionate and they just want to hear about this perspective and whoa that's really cool yeah. <laughs> it's not how i uh typically experience it in the u.s <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it looked like you had a packed house in there. People were, and the, the question session actually ran long enough that we were we were sitting here. We're like, is, is Molly going to make it? Ever going to make yeah. it? Yeah, we're going to have to drink more spiked kombucha. That's right. <laughs> we're not going to be fit for podcasting by the time she gets here. Luckily, I arrived and I caught up, so it's yeah. all good. And then, I, and, then I, and then I messed up the first take anyway. So yeah, this is well. Plenty of time to do the second. It's golden. It'll be the great mystery. Yeah. What happened in that first take? Yeah. Um, yeah, so Molly, I think I, w- I wanted to ask you about a place you've been to mm-hmm. in Colombia that I've not been to, down south of here, even in sort of the Putumayo region, right? Yeah, El Encanto. Yeah. Yeah. What was that? What was that? Yeah, like? Ooh, That's look great, over man. here. What? It, we have another. The escape oh, yeah. 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 Escape to It's on the run. Let me call the zookeeper. I don't, I don't know if I like the look in his <laughs> eyes. Here, here comes the zookeeper right now. Yeah, he's trying to get him. Man. He's. Seems to like the crowd watching his slow chase. Shameless, he's just running all over the show. He is, yeah. Well, okay, so El Encanto, I talked about this on the trip too. That is a really special place. I I realize there are a lot of special places in (laughs) Colombia, but man, that was one of them. Um, Just everything. This agouti's really distracting me. Man, how cool. All right. <laughs> it's distracting everybody. I think everybody's yeah, that's right. it it's is, quite yeah. a crowd. They're getting, it's getting yeah. way more of a crowd than we are. I just realized that, I that the zookeeper was on it's the agouti's tail and looking at the agouti. Now that feels like the, I misspoke. <laughs> it seems like he's been on his tail for a while. Yeah. <laughs> it just seems that's like it's missing. It's the lack of a tail. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah but El Encanto. I mean, first off, the birding is really incredible there they've got um i I don't know what the different elevations are between their main property and then their higher spot that's farther up but just that allows a lot of species diversity so we could talk about the birding a lot but the family and the setup is what was just so much fun it's i think a two-generation family that had originally a pretty small plot of land i think maybe 15 acres or so they started growing shade-grown coffee 
uh, it's uh, it's dusk here. I might start getting some There's some parrots going parrot on. Parrot movement, There's some yeah. Big ones. <laughs> They look like macaws. They have long yeah. tails. Are there macaws around? There's the small there's ones. Definitely a small ones. ones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, chestnut, chestnut front. Chestnut front. Yeah. Okay, that's probably what those. Yeah. Are. Oh yeah, I seen them. Cool. <laughs> can I cool. can I put them on my eBird list? They're not gonna. No, no, eBird. Yeah, eBird. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> eBird's got that figured out, right? Yeah, yeah they do now. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, just uh, the setup that is there. Uh, they they just took this spot that's surrounded mostly by ag land and built this really really beautiful lodge. They have fantastic food uh, every night that just makes it wonderful and incredible feeder setup. And then what I love being my, my current passion of like uh, native landscaping and that sort of thing and uh, silviculture that's just combining sustainability with agricultural practices is their shade grown coffee that's grown all throughout their hillside that they have all just so much care and attention put into everything around this native landscape that is so meticulously crafted and it's just the kind of place where you can just wander those same few trails over and over again, and it just never gets old. It feels new stuff so magical. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. another one of my favorite places to go. Yeah. Is it? I yeah, I was family, looking, trying to think who had been here, but yeah, I've been no, there. The family, we were talking earlier about, about Doña Dora's place, and one of the one of the, the great things about going there is how nice the family are and everything. And it's the exact same thing with... Um, the it's the exact same thing with uh, yeah, with Michael and his family there in Canada, like, and, yeah. and everyone's so involved. Like, you know, Ponyo, Don Ponyo is the the Pitta whisperer there. Michael's mm-hmm. dad, Michael's the guide. Um, Angela, his sister, who cooks yeah. the food. Oh, her food was so good. We actually did a cooking class while we were there. Yeah. It was so much well, fun. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. Saw the we just there. went into the kitchen and prepared our meal together, and we made drinks too. And it was so much fun. Such a great way to spend an evening. Spectacular hummingbird setup. Yep. which is up higher on the that well they have set feeders around their lodge too mm-hmm. and then they have gardening up there where they were like pulling the food for our dinner it's just whole experience was wonderful that's another place where they are finding so many interesting birds mm. for Colombia just because that's an area where again it's the, the beauty of birding from so many places where nobody was birding before where now you've got a dedicated family tourists coming as well Brilliant. other birders coming Oh, that, yeah. that place is one of my favorite. Yeah, again, that would probably be in the top. You asked me where the best places were. Oh, that yeah. was one that I could have. How how long has it been in existence? It feels like a lot of these places are relatively new. I don't know when they very very first started. I, I remember first starting to hear about it probably in about two thousand and eighteen or nineteen. Maybe yeah, I, was I think I went. I was kind of thinking. Well, yeah, yeah, because I, I like my my first visit to Colombia was in in twenty sixteen, and there was none of this. This stuff. Mm. There was none of this stuff. Yeah. And I, I remember talking to my guide about you know. They just need this lodge infrastructure. That's the only thing that is lacking. And yeah. here we are, seven years later, not even seven years later, and it feels like that infrastructure just grew up out of almost nowhere. Um, it's 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 wild to see this all happen so fast. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, I mean, just the lodges in general. I think we could spend a lot of time talking about the lodges. Yeah, there's some because, really fantastic yeah. lodges here. Not that I'm a very experienced traveler in Colombia, but of the places I've been, there's a lot I could talk about. Yeah. I think we're also still in that really wonderful stage where it's still really local and really yeah. has that personal family touch. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I hope that that always kind of remains. I think it's there's a good chance of that remaining in Colombia just because this is such an open and friendly culture that I think the, the, the hospitality like is so such a big part of Colombia's identity and tourism is that we're the friendliest country we're the most welcoming yeah. country and they, they have a good claim to it yeah, yeah. Yeah. The I wouldn't country. argue with, yeah, yeah. I, I agree that's one thing like the after I, my first trip was 2016 as well was to the bird fair here and, and uh, to the northern Columbia birding trail with J- John Meyer set up a trip me and Alvaro were on it and 
bunch of other folks that, that people would know, and it was a ton of fun. It was just it was one of the most fun trips I've ever done. But coming home from the bird fair that year, I just felt like I had sort of instant community in this country that mm-hmm. I'd never been to before, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And it was just people were super, super wel- welcoming. And, yeah. and that was kind of what we, part of what we wanted to try to recreate for folks uh, on this trip that we, we, we've done here is to try to, you know, bring folks in and let them see not just what Columbia birds are like, but what Columbia birders are like as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's that part has been really, really fun. We've, running into all these different groups this week, all yeah. these different guides, people helping each other out. I, I mentioned to you, Yesenia, mm-hmm. who called us up just after we m- moved ahead of her. You know, she was with guiding her group when we had moved on ahead, and she called us up. She's like, I got the Rufus Fronted Parakeets here. You know, we go zipping back down the hill, and, you know, it was a new mm-hmm. bird for all of us. Yeah. You know? And, yeah, I mean, that kind of thing's just, it's not that uncommon here, which is... You know, a lot of places you don't, you just don't get that kind yeah. of camaraderie, mm-hmm. that kind of mm-hmm. uh, hospitality, as you say. I think it's, it's really special. nice what you're doing as well, bringing bringing tours down here and actually coming to the bird fair, attending the bird fair. Because yeah, I I'm mean, really I think, excited about I, this model. Yeah, and I think yeah. I think it's a really nice way to connect, like you said, international birders with Colombian birders. That's a positive impact on Colombian birders too, because I think yeah. whenever you have something, you know, it, it really helps people to know that the thing that they have in their land or in their garden is of excitement and interest for people from outside the country it gives people a sense of pride as well right That's it's just like wow, okay people really really excited about our birds and a lot of times you go to these these lodges or these birds i remember going to a harp eagle nest in, in kakata once and it was on a land that had nothing to do with birding and these young kids were coming out and they were blown away to find out that me a you know a person from england had come to their little corner of kakata to see a bird they couldn't, <laughs> they couldn't believe it but it's the same all over the country people just mm-hmm. being like it's really great to connect international birders with with Colombian birds, especially the young ones. Yeah. Yeah. I've thought about this before and I hadn't been able to put my finger on it, but like we were saying, it's that the national like birding culture is evolving at the same time as the international culture because you get these like gaps in some places where there's a lot of international tourism, but then there's not the connection to the the local birders. Exactly right. This is a really cool way to merge that. No, I would say more people, even if they're not doing a tour necessarily with an agency, this is a great way to come down do some really great birding meet a lot yeah. of people i mean if more people you know included three days at the cali bird fair or the manisales bird fair which i think have you been to the manisales bird fair that's another great one i uh, yeah no i went to the uh, the south american bird fair in manisales, in manisales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah a great way to kind of throw in three extra days on your trip do some great birding meet some Absolutely. people I mean, yeah. I mean even just the, the commercial stalls here i mean there's some people making beautiful artwork products mm-hmm. really nice stuff yeah, yeah. no it's true I just come back to this idea that it really feels like they're doing it the right way with the with a view towards you know sustainability of this industry of this community. Uh, it, it's 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 wonderful to see and it's it's really inspiring and it, it feels it feels like you're kind of on the cutting edge of something a lot of times when you come down here. Like you're you're really part of this this big movement mm-hmm. and uh, that's part of the exciting thing about visiting Colombia as well. Everyone's very excited about birders here. Everyone's very excited about birding and obviously very proud of the fact that Columbia has the largest list yes. in the world. Yeah. I mean, you, you can tell, like, the Columbian Tourist Agency heard that. And they're like, this, is a, this is a thing. Let's yeah. do it. And, <laughs> yeah. hey, and lo and behold, here we are. Kudos to them. I mean, not yeah. you know, shameless plug of the company I work for. You know, we made the, the, the Birders documentary with my birder shop, yeah. Carlos yes. Diego, mm-hmm. in 2018. And, I mean, in a sense, kudos to the, the tourism, the, gov- the tourist government at that time because mm-hmm. they, they invested in five nationwide documentaries about birding yeah. Yeah. not even just about birds about yeah. birding yeah. those documentaries are as much about birding culture as they are about just birds it's Absolutely. not a kind mm-hmm. of you know 
with all due respect, like an Attenborough-style documentary with a narrative voice. No, this is like a road trip movie about birding in Colombia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the culture, um, the culture of birding is front and center. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And yeah. I think, I think, in a sense, that that kind of period, the first, I remember the first time I met Diego was 2017 at the bird fair, and he came up to the stage and gave a little brief talk, imploring Colombians to submit lists for the global big day 2017, yeah. because Colombia in the previous two or three editions have languished in third or fourth place with very few people mm-hmm. birding. That year, 2017. It was incredible to see the drive and energy behind it for the next years after that for Colombia to be number one. You know, like the Colombian National Airline comping tickets for birders to fly all around the country to help support. <laughs> I didn't realize that. That's, That's awesome. wild. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's amazing. And, and that area, that, that period, this bird fair, the birders documentary, all those things, I think also helped to give people a sense of kind of pride, not just in the birds, but the culture of birding. That, yeah. Hey, yeah. We, we, we do it our way here as well. But, hey, Colombian birding is... It's fun, it's laid back, it's exciting, and yeah, yeah. I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. You know, I often get a little nervous before birding festivals. Like, <laughs> they, they, like I'm excited for them, but, like, I get a little nervous. Like, you know, there's, if you're going to see a lot of people. It can be a little overwhelming at times. <laughs> and, like, but I think the pandemic was definitely a factor, but, like, coming over here today, I was just nothing but excited. Me too. I was like, yeah. I was like I'm going to see you guys. It's going to be a ton of fun. We're going to see a bunch of other people. You know, I didn't realize there was going to be like spectacle parrotlets going to roost around us and a, and a crazy agouti running around. Yeah. But also like that this is the first real Columbia birding festival post pandemic. You know, you can tell people it's like we're back. People are excited about that. Yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, it's just there's a lot of good, uh, a lot of really good energy. I felt the exact same. I didn't know exactly what to expect for this event. But from the Colombian events that I've been to and seeing the Colombian presence at other international birding yeah. events, I knew it would be really exciting and I knew it would be high energy and I knew it would be a lot of fun. And yeah. it would be well planned and that there'd be a lot going on. So it has not disappointed so far. Yeah. Cali's a fun city as well. I'm assuming, George, we're going to get you dancing some salsa at some point. <laughs> I've heard, I've had, uh, you, you've Have like you the seen fourth the fourth person that is <laughs> talked about. World we capital, go, world capital of Salsa. You've got like 4.30 a.m. calls on, like, on a couple of the days. No, no, no excuse. No excuse. It's going to roll straight from the discotheque right to the bus. We, we did that in 2017 for one birding trip. I remember going straight from a night at La, 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 I think it was La Topa Talondra, one of the big salsa clubs in Cali, back to the Spiwak, like a teeth brush, hair brush. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, birding clothes on and out to... to Kilometer 18. I've, I've already uh. been wine, warned by our buddy John Myers, who was just here earlier and, and, and got me on my first trip. I think you're in yeah, Nate exactly. also first yep. trip to Columbia. And he was like, don't make the mistake. First night at Bird Fair, everybody's jazzed up. You go out, you have too many beers, and then you're dragging ass the whole next day. <laughs> start at 4 a.m. So he was like, don't make that mistake. Wait till the end, you know, and then party a little bit. But, uh, yeah, so we're, we're trying to pace ourselves tonight. We'll see. <laughs> I think Sunday the, night right before I leave. I yeah. think this yeah. might be the first time I've ever actually stayed at the, the hotel Speedway where the buses leave from. Normally, I was used to be in backpacker hostels around this area in San mm-hmm. Antonio, so, so I had to get up half an hour earlier even yeah. than... At least uh, now, I get, yeah. I'm on the second floor. I can just walk down one set of stairs. <laughs> yeah. and yeah. Boom, done. Yeah. Yeah. It's very nice that we're departing from the hotel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, helps, that helps a lot. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, y'all are at Speedwack as well. We yeah. are. Oh, very good. We can well, just yeah, have a party there. That's yeah. right, yeah. <laughs> Breakfasts are very good. Yeah. <laughs> we won't be there for them. No, we can't. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe ask for them early. Yeah. I'll never get to try one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'll be doing any salsa dancing, though. I, I, I wouldn't want to wish that on anyone. I would love to watch <laughs> some salsa dancing. And I was, I was mentioning at our lunch earlier today how there is actually video of me and Roger uh, at the ABA event we held here a few yeah. years ago. 
where they brought in the, the, the salsa dancers and they, they pretty much, they pick people out of the crowd and they pretty much insist that you dance, whether you can dance or not. And I thought, so I thought, some I thought Colombia was the friendliest country, not the pushiest country. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's some thoroughly embarrassing video. I mean, mind you, Roger's got some moves. You know? I have no doubt. Yeah, I told him, I was like, I was like these hips... Lie. <laughs> <laughs> they are lying to you right now. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well, if you've seen the latest episode we did of the show, then you'll see Diego and I dancing salsa. I did see that. At, at yeah. Delirio here in Cali. Yeah. And, and according to our Instagram poll, I'm just saying, I, I beat Diego Ooh, on the... I, 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 Chris, I was pretty better in your character. Yeah. Yeah, you know, well, not too shabby. Yeah, not, too, <laughs> not too shabby. There you go. We're making that happen as a catchphrase. Diego, not too shabby. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we got a lot of good stuff coming up in the next couple of days. Um, Anything uh, any, anybody is particularly excited about over the next couple of days that we haven't chatted about yet? I, I, I know Tucan Barbet is high on Tucan the list. Tucan Barbet is high on my list. The yeah. cheese empanadas at Donia Doris place. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I would like to hear that orange screamer. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. It's up there for me. Yeah, that's such a weird, weird call. It's like, it's like a giant... Yeah like swallowing it sounds like something like swallowing pudding incredibly loudly I don't know how to describe it but yeah that would be like I would like to see people's like everyone else's faces that hasn't been here before when like the horn screamer starts sounding off that would be that'd be way cool I'm not sure that'll happen with just one there it's basically it's kind of like a vagrant horn screamer isn't it like, no yeah. I think there's a there's a, there's a, there's a pair there I think okay. I'm, not, I'm not sure exactly well, no I think this is the the lower point of their range. Sonso turns up some real surprises. They've had you know, flamingos turn up over the years. They've had uh, you know Orinoco goose stuff like that. This is one of the biggest wetlands in the uh, in the entire you know re- Andean region of Colombia. It's so they, sort of like a, a relic patch of of what the rest of the Cauca Valley might yeah. have looked like you know decades mm. ago. Yeah. 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 Mm. I mean, and even throw, like I said, throws up surprises during the, sh- the shoot there that we had. I think we got we got the first ever continental record for this department of uh, white rum sandpiper. Oh, wow. For example, which probably isn't that rare, but we've talked about this before on the show, that waders are a little bit under underappreciated yeah. yeah. in Columbia birding and therefore consequently a bit under-reported, under yeah. I think. But Yeah, you got to go way south to get the uh, the white rumps, probably. You, you know, Whatever one, the turtle thresh. Oh, what's, yeah. the, what's the normal turtle thresh right Black build. Okay, that's it. Yeah, and I don't know if you saw our, our one of our guys, Bart Hutchinson. I saw him looking up, and I was like, oh, there's a fermi- oh, fermi- yeah. female vermilion Oh, yeah, it was right in the there. parking lot. I yeah. got that one. Okay, so no, I'm so glad you have to take that off your list. Yeah, I'm going to share it with you. Yeah, I think... I. We had uh, one thing I wanted to talk talk about, which I thought was kind of a fun thing. We just did this uh, hill start trip to the uh, to the Santa Martas, and uh, yeah, that's a car alarm that'll hopefully go off. Oh, good, good. And in the in the Santa Martas, we're up there, uh, up high, you know, just just on the San Lorenzo Ridge there, and I hear I hear Roger kind of like mumbling to himself mm-hmm. a little bit, and he turns around and he goes, Hornet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Screaming. Yeah, luckily it wasn't hard at this time. But he just, he's like, he looks at me and he goes, George, there's something here. I don't know what it is. And I was like, huh, what's that going to be? And Jerry Hawkins, who is one of my um, people in my group who is from Virginia, he, at that moment he goes, oh, look. Here's a yellow rumped warbler. Oh wow! Oh, wow, that's wild. That's right. Here's this myrtle warbler. Yeah, yeah. And it, it was like apparently it's like the eighth or so. Yeah, I can't imagine there's very many. Yeah. yeah, so that was pretty funny to see like this fun vagrant. And Molly and I missed. Um, we were up at Hacienda del Bosque, and I guess like two days before we were there, yeah. a brown pelican 
Like, what? I saw the e-blood reports yeah. of that. That's it was crazy. Like, the thing was like, I, mean, I don't know if it was actually in a thermal, but the video kind of makes it look like it was like, you know, it's like soaring over Bosque del Apache. It's like 11,000 feet or something. That's you know? got to be on the short list of weirdest birds ever <laughs> in central Colombia. <laughs> it was pretty pretty bizarre. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 to be honest, when I first saw the e-bird alert, for, I didn't really believe it, but there's photos. And everything. I saw the e-bird list. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Yeah. <laughs> and Chris, you, speaking of vagrant birds, I know you got two new birds for your list now tell, you, you're marching towards 1400 now no, marching towards 15 you're marching towards 1500 yeah, 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 in colombia yeah, yeah. colombia um yeah so i uh, i i twitched basically uh lesser scorp and uh <laughs> and chuck will's widow oh, in, wow. in antioquia department not far from medellin um i had kind of a loose end on a weekend and uh there's been a chuck will's widow that's been perched on basically the same branch in cocorna not far from medellin for about 30 straight days and these lesser scorp, which have tipped up in a, in a reservoir near Medellin. And uh, yeah, these are not, neither one of these are common birds for, for Columbia. We had some fun stuff at the same time. We also found the second ever report of comb duck for Antioquia development oh, wow. in a wetland wow. in Medellin, which was pretty cool. Huh. Um, and a few lifers down in Rio Claro. I don't know if you've heard of Rio Claro Reserve. Oh, yeah. Kind of, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a great, great yeah. birding as well. Um, the uh, the nunlet there, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. a cracking mm-hmm. bird. Uh, no, I mean, to be honest, that's the thing I love most about Colombia is that even at nearly 1,500 species, there are still so many parts of the country that I mean, I haven't been to yet. I haven't birded yet. Some yeah. birds to see, but yeah, it felt a bit weird twitching, Alessa twitching the lesser score. Yeah, I was say, how, many, how, many, how many people? Was there like a crowd of there was people? A, there was genuinely a crowd. No way. There were a dozen. That is a, a, dozen, that is a mature yeah. birding culture, <laughs> <laughs> right there. A dozen. That is the indicated. That's serious. But again, I think a little bit of it has to do with the fact that, like I said, wetland birds, ducks, waders are a bit lower down on the radar of a lot of Columbia because why would they be that high up if you've got hummingbirds and tanagers and umbrella yeah. birds and katingas, sure. right? Yeah. So, you know, waders and ducks and stuff may be a little bit overlooked sometimes in these areas, but yeah, lesser scorp. Yeah, <laughs> nice yeah. and, the, and the Chuckles Widow is pretty cool. Oh, that's Ch- a, that Chuckles Widow is a cool bird. Yeah, yeah genuinely cool. great bird. Yeah. Anytime you see a Chuckles Widow, that's a good, that's a good, especially, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, Chris, uh, and I know we're, we're, we're coming up on the hour here. Yeah. So we did it. So we did it. We're, we're we are. Oh, if we include the, 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 the failed first take then we're past it now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll add some of that in just for ambiance yeah, yeah folks can probably hear the ambient the ambient noises is picking up here as, yeah. as dust kind of settles in it's a beautiful evening it, it is. really gorgeous. is yeah we were a little afraid we might get rained on here late in the day here in Columbia it we're drizzled set up on my first arrive yeah we're, we're set up in kind of an open area first bat oh, oh yeah Morcielago. yeah do you know the species uh, Colombian bat. I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Put it on my memo list. I need it right, for my memo list. So what's the what's the Spanish word for bat? Murcielago. Murcielago, which is a little mouse, right? Is that what it means, actually? I don't know. I don't know. But I learned a piece of trivia that that is the only Spanish word that contains all the vowels. Shout out to Roger. I did not know that. Yeah. yeah. Is that a Roger huh. fact? That's a Roger, a Roger fact. fact. Nice. Yeah. Okay. The only Spanish yeah. word. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's I'm going to use that. That's a good piece of information. Thank you for that. Yeah. that. Hard pressed to find another. Well, um, we should probably wrap up here, guys. Uh, Chris, thanks for the biche. Yeah, and, let's break uh, out the, uh, the we'll other break out one. the Thomas Eka. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Move on to that. We'll spare folks our stuff. inane babble once uh, <laughs> we get into that. But thanks so much, everybody, for listening. Thanks, Nate. Thanks, Chris. Molly and I are thrilled to be doing this with you. We're My really pleasure. Excited. My pleasure. The next couple of days are going to be a ton of fun. It's going to be a blast. Yep. Looking yeah. forward to it. So thanks to you guys. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks to Coa Sporting Optics, who's not only our sponsor, but the sponsor of this event as well. And the Birder Show. And of the Birder Show. Oh, man. Uh, i got to get on that gravy train. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah Jeff Bouton is here. We're looking forward to seeing yeah. him as well. 
But thanks, everybody, and we'll see you soon. Yep. Bye, everyone. Bye.